What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Streamers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Michael Noen and Vito Anazelli. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, and subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SLStreamers underscore pod. It'll make Mike's day when you retweet and like his tweets. Put a big <laughs> smile on his face. Some news and notes from around the world. Let's just hop right into the show. Uh, Man U, some good headlines for him again. Uh, became the first Premier League team to 700 wins, 700 Premier League wins, I should say. Um, any thoughts on that? Thank you, Sir Alex. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what am I? Yeah. I don't want to reminisce on their past. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. It's, pretty, it's it. a pretty crazy accomplishment. <laughs> all right. All right. It has the Champions League uh, matches for the Premier League teams. Chelsea played today, um, or I guess when this podcast came out, they played yesterday. Two uh, O winners over Lille. Didn't feel like Chelsea's best performance. And they still walked out winners. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, no disrespect to Lille. I know they won. Uh, you know, they were fantastic last year, but obviously that was last year. And this year, they're not having such a great season. I mean, I fully expect that even a Chelsea team not firing on all cylinders was going to walk out of there with all three. I shouldn't say three points because it's too late to tie. But you know, essentially, um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't kick on as well as they normally could. But you hear from Tuchel kind of week over week for the past month about how tired the squad is, and apparently that was the reason. Uh, Lukaku was given a break for mental and physical fatigue, um, which I'm sure, you know, every team is facing at this point in the season. We know how it is after the January transfer window. I'm sure his reasoning was mental and physical fatigue yeah. for Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> of course Definitely. it was. <laughs> Possibly mental. mental. Definitely mental. <laughs> no, nah, they, they look good, though, in the Champions League game. I, I called the highlights of it. Obviously great to see Pulisic, who on the turn, and I think they talked about this on um, – the show with Thierry Henry Gallagher or whatever his fucking name is. But um, he's so good in transition when he's on that half turn. Um, and I think that game really exemplified it. Um, it was a great performance from him and N'Golo Conte too. I mean, that dude, good Lord. Guy's got lungs for days. Yeah, yeah he's pretty much the best at that position in the, in the whole world. Yeah, It's funny what happens when Chelsea play Pulisic in his preferred <laughs> natural position. Nah, mind blowing, right? Mind blowing. Someone give Greg some <laughs> tips. Heading back to the uh, it's a man you. I know we don't want to talk about him too much, but they are going off against Atletico Madrid. Atletico is actually having a down year. I didn't know this over in La mm-hmm. Liga until I researched it, but they're only in fifth place and 15, 15 points behind Real in first. Um, man, you obviously just getting back in the fourth place, kind of on the on the turnaround a little bit, I, I guess you could say. Hard though, you are going to Atletico Madrid. Simeone knows the Champions League. That place is a palace. I mean, Ronaldo, Ronaldo loves a goal against them. I, yeah. On one hand, I was going to say, you have Cristiano Ronaldo against Atletico Madrid. It's been written in the history books before. So does history repeat itself? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would take Diego Simeone uh, to go into war with that guy. Um, I mean, I, I think Atletico Madrid pull it out defensively. I think they're too stout. And then defensively for Man U, I think they're really shit. So... I'm not sure they could stop that attack, and I think Atletico Madrid has enough defensively to stop what man you would be get bringing them. Yeah, I, I think you know, obviously, home field advantage is a huge thing, especially in soccer where the, all the pitch dimensions are, are a little bit different. But in in Spain, in the Wanda, Wanda Metropolitano, Diego Simeone knows the form that United are in. He's going to come out swinging. I, it's it's not the second leg where he can sit back and pack in a defense. You know, he, you don't want to go to Old Trafford with a loss. Uh, the first game. So I think he's going to come out swinging in this one, knowing how important it is to get 
that one or two goals early on to really set the tempo and force United to come out of their shell while they're in Old Trafford. The the first goal is actually massive, and it's like um, if yeah. they can get if they can go one nothing, I thought it go. It's going to be very tough for Manu to come back. They have to come out more. They can sit back on the counter the whole time, and it, that just plays right into their hands. Yeah. Um, also, some news from the women's football. I don't know if you guys saw this or not from the She Believes Cup over here. Um, quite possibly, I, I don't know. If you guys have another a, a worse performance, please let me know on, on the off the top of your head here. But um, Michaela Moore of New Zealand scored a hat trick on her own team. She had three own goals in the first half and got subbed off in the 40th minute. I don't know what's worse. The own goals are getting subbed off before halftime after. Oh, the, the, the own goals, 1,000%. But, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I, I think. I think it's safe prayer, to say prayer, can, prayers to her. <laughs> I think it's safe to say we can nominate her as the first ever true Sunday League Screamers MVP. That's a true <laughs> Sunday League Screamers <laughs> performance right there. <laughs> I can't even do that. It <laughs> was like in the fifth minute, strong. the sixth minute, and then I want to say a little bit later, closer to like the 35th or 30th. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it got like worse and worse, like the own goals. It, it basically looked like she had two left feet or two right feet, whatever, whatever off foot she is. It, it, didn't, it didn't look good. Yikes. Oh. Tease and peace for her. Mm-hmm. Let's head over to uh, Stars and Stripes, though. We kind of talk about the men's United States men's national team players, though, now. Um, first off, the man did it again. Jordan P. Folk, another week, another performance. 90 minutes, man of the match again. One goal, one assist, and a 2-2 draw. Won three out of four aerial duels, was fouled three times. What more do you need, Greg? What more? Hmm. He's knocking on the door. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, we, we say we, we, we talk about him every week at this point. I mean. Like we always say, it's just a matter of time until he comes in. Once once this round, last round of qualifying is done, I think he'll be in the team basically every single exhibition match to see if he can perform with with the guys that he that Greg knows he's already bringing to the cup. Assuming mm-hmm. we qualify, that is. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Please don't. Yeah. Don't need the veto jinx. I don't know why. I don't, want, don't need the Anazeli curse. <laughs> um, another, another striker had a nice performance. Uh, Josh Sargent, 76 minutes played in a 3-1 loss to uh, Liverpool, but he did assist the opening goal to Rashika. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about him being called back in. I want to kind of get your guys' opinion on this. He, I feel like he plays at a handicap, right, every time out for Norwich. like They're, they're usually the worst team pretty much matched up to anyone in the Premier League. So already do, he's already against, I guess, against some type of... Against the green. Uh, yeah, like bef- before the game even starts. And he's still putting in performances. Do you think that is deserving enough of getting called back in? think he deserves it but i don't think he'll get it because when you have somebody like p folk who's doing what he's doing and then you have the golden boy peppy who's up there who do you think gets third spot not to mention I, he loves I, obviously I, it's zardis like let's be well, real yeah obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't know like i would love to see him there but i don't know if it's gonna happen to be I, honest i don't know i don't think he i don't even think he deserves it yet to be honest with you like he, yeah, is he in a? He's in a decent uh, vein of form at the moment. I understand that, but he's had more opportunities in that national team with these players than some of the other strikers that we talk about or that are in there time to time. And he hasn't performed when he's played with these guys, regardless of the form at club level at the moment. I'd have rather I would I think people deserve it over him. What's that? Have the guys in between him performed either though? Besides Pepe. And even now, his his form's slacking a little bit. Lately. No, but I I'm I'm kind of like saying kind of the same thing as Mike. Like I don't think necessarily he d- deserves it just because of the form that P folks in. Like if you're gonna talk about anyone deserving it, it's that guy. Uh, it's not like this is not like Sergeant hasn't had a chance with this team before, and he hasn't and he didn't play well any of the time. So, 
if if it was me, I'd probably take Pepe, Pifok, and, and Sargent. Um, so. But Mike is right. Zardis is there, so he has to get taken in. So Yeah. Hate to see it. Um, but it, 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 he, I feel like he's on the fence right now. He's very borderline. If he puts in a couple more uh, good run-ins for Norwich, I really feel like he, he deserves at least just a call-up. Yeah, he can, play him, he can play himself in, but, I mean, he's going against a favorite child. So Yeah. <laughs> no. The favorite son. At least he's not Paul Ariola. He'd be screwed that. Never, he'd never get back. <laughs> Uh, Brendan Aronson, 90 minutes played, goal and stoppage time, three key passes, six recoveries, and a 2 nothing win uh, for Salzburg. Nothing new there. He also had a great performance for Bayern uh, in the Champions League last week. Uh, John Brooks, another name, not very much welcomed on the national team lately. Uh, 90, 90 minutes played in a 2-1 loss, but he had three tackles, 13 recoveries, four out of four ground duels, one, three out of four aerials, and was torching long balls all over the field, which is something we do look for in the national team playing out of the back. Sounds like he'd be a good fit. Who would have thought? Right? I don't know. <laughs> Who would have thought? I feel like he's, this is the most informed he's been, though, since he's been dropped off uh, off the roster. And whatever, I mean, Chris Richards is hurt. There's literally zero reason to not bring him in. But we'll see. He'll find a way. Yeah. And you know what's kind of uh, interesting about that Wolfsburg team in general? I think it's kind of a testament to John Brooks. They're 12th in the table, Wolfsburg, which is obviously not great considering there's only 18 teams. And they've and they still conceded less goals this season in the league um, than Borussia Dortmund and Leverkusen, who are in second and third place. The same as Hoffenheim in fifth. Like So like the defense is obviously not the problem for them. So that's the only thing keeping them in the league. And obviously, John Brooks is a major part of that. Good call. I like, I like that statistic, man. Yeah. Well done. Good research. <laughs> and then uh, last player, or we've got to touch upon a few more, but pool six, starting back-to-back games for Chelsea for the first time all year. He netted a goal today to 2 nothing win over Lilo, as we mentioned earlier. Um, great performance for him. Good to see him back on track. And I honestly think this is the start of, uh, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, um, he's rolling right now. Yeah, resurgence incoming. Um, we do have some good news and some bad news, though, on the injury front. Reyna considered only minor injury, about one to two weeks. Bad news, Weston McKinney out two to three months with two broken bones in his left foot. Rough. The in midfield what, engine. What do you think is um what do you think's the more impactful news? The fact that we're gonna get Raina back or the fact that we lost McKinney? So I don't even think it's a guarantee Raina comes back in. He hasn't been <laughs> playing. So I would I would say loss from McKenney. Yeah, loss from McKenney, thousand percent. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> I know we talked about pre-podcast a little bit, but like, there's other positions in our midfield you can kind of swap in and out. I'm not saying for the same quality for like Acosta to Adams and then De La Torre for like Musa, for like. but I don't know of another guy on our roster that can that does what McKenney does. Like that box to box role fills in amazing in the air. Like it, there's no one else kind of like have him. one. That's what no I'm saying. Like the, the well-rounded all-around physical and technical attributes to be that type of box-to-box midfielder. The dude can play all 90 minutes for three games in a week. It's you think slots you, in. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think they do? If Reyna doesn't make it onto the roster, he would be my first pick. But obviously, like Mike said, his fitness levels aren't going to be there probably, more than likely. I would prefer him in the mid, but... Do you think this is signals maybe a change of formation into something like a 4-2-3-1? No. Or stick no. with what we know? They're going to stick with what they know. I think you'll see... Either Luca Del Torre get the starting spot there, and they'll maybe push Musa a little bit back, or what they'll do is bring in Acosta, and then it'll be him and Adams in a pivot, 
yeah to cover and then leave musa in the middle and let musa do everything so the general. once the one time we tried something like that musa was pretty much on an island for most of yeah. the game i i really don't i i, hope I don't think it's his best position but i think that's what they'll do no no, no i understand no i understand what you're saying i just yeah. we, we've seen that already and it worked out miserably for us i really hope we don't go resort to that but i wouldn't be shocked at all if we if that's is what happens unfortunately um Personally, I would love to see De-, De La Torre. Yeah. That's that's what I'd I rather. Thinking. I'd rather that because you have two guys who are who are very capable between him and Musa going box to box with the ball and making those massive driving runs. I think that'd be much better. Yeah, and I think regardless, um, outside of the fact of you know obviously McKenney's undeniable talent, I think one thing they're going to miss the most is his energy back and oh, forth. Yeah. I think that's something that De La Torre would be able to to compensate for immediately slotting in for that that type of uh, attribute. Yeah, I guess if you're, yeah, that's probably the most like for like swap. They, but they do have different abilities though. And just in general, like West is much more physical on the ball. And, and if you're going to get in a fight, he's right there to back you up. So, yeah, <laughs> different type <laughs> of man, different type of character. Yeah. Uh, let's head over to a weekly recap for the Premier League games. It was a big week for the bottom of the table. Newcastle stole a point off of West Ham. We had Watford claim all three against Villa. Burnley with a massive game over Brighton 3 0. And um, Leeds taking an L. Let's call Leeds, that out for Leeds what it unfortunately is. Unfortunately, taking L to Man U. Yeah. Um, Brentford as well. We'll kind of get to them as, a little bit later and on. But Norwich. Um, yeah, well, they lost 3 1. They lost 3 1. I mean, that's not that was, that that was, yeah, but We yeah. skipped them every week almost, Vito. Yeah, you got yeah. to gotta bring them up now. Come on. <laughs> um, first off, Newcastle again, stealing a point off West Ham. We kind of said a pre uh, last podcast, Vito, between you and me. Um, I, I know they're not out of it yet. Like you can't say that they're hundred percent, you know, not out of relegation, but it, what else are you looking at right now? It seems like they're, they're I mean, locked to stay up. Look at the teams in form around them. They're, they have two draws and three wins out of their last five games. And then from Brentford down, it's just, it's ugly. It's totally ugly yeah. to look at. Like they're by far the most informed out of the relegation teams. And they're playing like it now that they have the quality players that they have in the team that they brought in. Yeah, yeah. For me, I again we talked about it pre-podcast again, but Brentford and Leeds are now fully, in my opinion, right back into the relegation battle. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, I, I had them squarely outside of it. Um, Brentford has twenty-six games played, the most on the table, matched up with a couple of the teams at the top, so they haven't missed a game right now. Burnley's got twenty-two, and they're only six or seven points back. I want to say mm-hmm. they're at seventeen, and Brentford is at twenty-four. Okay, so set seven points back, four games or some potential of 12 in there granted mm-hmm. Burnley would have to double their entire entire win total for the from the year but it, it's uh end of the season it's Sean Dutch time yeah and not to mention Burnley still have to play Brentford Norwich Southampton I think Watford too right Watford and Newcastle that's all of those teams are are prime relegation candidate teams I think they don't with the exception of probably Southampton obviously but those are all those are five games that I don't want to say necessarily winnable because again, to your point, Steve, they've won two games all year, but drawn 11. Yeah. You pick up two wins against those teams. You send them down, you go up. That's it. Yeah. That's all it takes. That little swing Two six points off those games. And they're more than capable of doing it. Vague horse looks, he looks honestly really good. Cornet yep. is coming back and he's looking good after AFCON. So that's the angers incoming. It's not like they don't have the opportunity to be honest, to Burnley to get out. So, yeah. So yeah. if you had to pick three right now, 
I know. I, I think we'd probably all agree with Norwich. I, I just can't find a way to see them get pull themselves out as of right now. No. Um, yeah. Watford, unless Saar and Dennis go off, their team is pretty much non-existent going forward. So they have to kind of have some magical runs by them, which is possible. I mean, James Roy Prowse has pretty much single-handedly kept Southampton in the top 10. Um, the only team I'd say that can really make it out of there would be Burnley, in my opinion. I think they're too deep in a hole, to yeah. be honest. Um, it's it's think... the games in it's honestly it's the games in hands for me. I guess I, it's the same thing we said about <laughs> Arsenal and Tottenham at the top of the table. If they were sitting at twenty four games played or twenty five with seventeen, I would say it's pretty much no shot as well. But I know those teams around them are skidding. Leeds and Brentford in particular. Um, I don't think Everton. You know, I I just again I cannot fathom it. Even though they are where they are right now, I can't fathom it. But I think Brentford and Leeds, realistically, the way they're playing, they have a very legitimate shot of getting very close to that, um, if not being in the relegation zone. I just get the feeling like there's a reason they're two and two eleven and nine. You know, like I, I can't see them pulling away even with those games in hand. Yeah, I agree, especially when you consider the fact that Brentford have six wins and what four of those came in the opening eight weeks. That's what I'm saying. Like they're they're not sitting on great yeah, form. Like I can really just keep dropping. I actually think Watford have a better chance of making it out of the bottom three than Burnley do at this point in time. I just think that they offer so much more going forward that they can string together that odd ball, just yeah, run around where they like where they smacked United four to two. They have that in them. Burnley, I don't see them having that in them against just about any team. I know, granted, they just won three zero this week, but I mean, a broken clock's once it took them what twenty two games to do that. I don't think it's going to happen again. Um, and if it does, no more than once. They've scored three goals before before that day. They scored three goals in their last six games, and then they dropped the three-piece. You want to hear something crazy, too? Burnley have only conceded net 29 goals all season in those 22 games, and they still can only get two wins because they just do not score. You have to go up to Brighton, like actually ninth place in the table to find a team that has conceded less goals than them. And then after that, there's only like – Wolves with incredible 18 and then the top three. Yeah, you have Tottenham's conceded more, West Ham have, man, you have. That's crazy. Yep. Arsenal's just good. about there at 26. Like their defense is staunch and it does well, but they, they can't score. I trust a team that can score. Defense wins titles, right? But offenses keep you out of the relegation zone. Should we quote that and like hang like put like put that in like right above it. my bed, right around my, my dream catcher? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should like 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 have one of those inspirational quote like looking things and then put, put that on our Twitter account. Maybe they have it as the banner right I'm there. I today. like. That. <laughs> Interesting. I yeah, I'm 50-50 on it. I, I like I would consider Norwich down. Wofford, I, I do like your analysis on them where you're saying like the off like offensively they do have a chance, like a much better chance than Burnley. Um I don't know. I'm I'm honestly I'm really scared for Brentford and Leeds. I I really the way they're playing, I, even Bielsa has finally admitted it to yeah. To, to, the, to the the media in, in general, but he's like, yeah, it's, it's a little nervy now. Yeah. With, with all that being said, I still think the three teams that are down there right now are the three going down. I, I would agree. I don't see any of them being consistent enough to pull themselves out. And like Vito said in the past, it's not that I, I just can't see them beating and stealing points off those teams just above them. And that's the key. Yeah. So. And then draws get you absolutely nothing at that point. You have to you have to win the game. 
they got to steal points off top half teams too. That's going to be a tough part, I think. Yeah, that's going to be impossible. Rude. Well, they do um, play Tottenham next. Anything's possible. Baby. Burnley do play Tottenham. That's we'll, historically we'll, we struggle against Burnley. So yeah, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. We don't want to spoil too much for my. <laughs> um, from the top half of the though, Man City did drop some points. Yeah, Mike, you want to take that one? Yeah, let's just have your have your have your five minutes fame here. <laughs> Man, I don't even know where to begin. Um, holy shit. Good lord, <laughs> that was fucking amazing. Um, I was in San Diego actually with Vito watching that game at 9:30 in the morning at a Spurs San Diego bar, and it was I was definitely nervous. I was pooping myself, my butthole was clenched, but <laughs> We made Jesus it out Christ. alive. I'm going to be real. We made it out alive. Um, City, go fuck yourselves. Fraudiola, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, Harry Kane, if anyone ever back. remembering why he's considered the best number nine slash 10 in the world, there it is. Good dude's passing range through the roof. Phenomenal game. Um, it was definitely a, it felt like a, a big win uh, for a lot of different reasons, but um, we'll see how the boys respond after that. So. Yeah, we it, were. You're in a really good trap game zone right now. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, it's it is yeah. it is a perfect trap game. It's the perfect bet the Burnley win right here. This so. would be the Spursiest Spurs moment of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, not of all time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Mike, you and I were talking about it prior to the game, like what what we you know you could ex- expect to see from both these teams, and mm. we were both saying how like it, historically speaking, Tottenham, while they don't show up sometimes against teams you'd expect them to, when it comes to City, they always show up. It's always it's always one way or the other. Either they're either going to get hammered, smacked, or they're going to put in a shift, and they put an absolute shift in. And Steve, you and I said it the week pro, uh, the last podcast while Mike wasn't here. Like, yeah, on paper, City probably should have won that game, but I trust Antonio Conte to get that just spot on, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, literally. We, we, I mean, we still picked City. We figured like the talent was there, yeah. but yeah, if we knew if Spurs won, it was going to be an Antonio Conte masterpiece, and then a Harry Kane wonder just game, and yep. that's literally exactly how it turned out. I mean, the storylines in there, Kane to City, Kane stealing the points at the very end, the two goals, the one assist. I mean, yep. good Lord. Like, love it. Love to and see it. That was that was huge for Spurs. Like, if, we said it last week. If Spurs didn't win that game, they, they were out, out of the top, top four race. Yeah, they were out. They were gone. They, they burned through all their games in hand at that point for the most part, and – Dropping more mm. points just wasn't an option. I think they knew that going into it because there was a fire in that Spurs team we haven't seen in a while. I know they they got yelled at. Let's be real in a yeah. <laughs> they, they were <laughs> they were reprimanded ferociously. <laughs> but the hand, on the, the flip hand side, signals were were crazy in that locker room. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, though, for City, right now, sixty three points, Liverpool creeping behind them. 57 game points, Ga- yep. game in hand. And they, they have, have to play, play each, each other. other. The title race is I mean, on, baby. It is back on. It's yep. very much back on. So we have, it made it, you know, thanks Spurs, just saying, for making the title race just that much more interesting now. So And the goal differential is only two away. Is it really? Wow. Yep. Yeah, Liverpool so have 46. So, uh, Liverpool so have say they win the next game, I mean, 2-0 or whatever, that's your, your, your title goal differential too. Yep. And in terms of big games, I mean, there's still Liverpool have to play Man United. And to your point, they have to play City. Um, and then after that, it's Tottenham and they end on Wolves. So, I mean, not not the easiest last four, you know, quote unquote, big games. Oh, and Arsenal's mixed in there as well. But that's that's a that's a gauntlet. 
Yeah, and they're not, I mean, they're lot. not all back to back to back. It's just yeah. from now to the end of the season. So, I mean, still. each team still has a couple big games they, they need to play, obviously. So, it's it's anyone's. Do you think but, Liverpool um, could do it? Do you think they could pull it off? I was about to say that. I, I Dude, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it, it would be it'd be really fun to watch them do that after Man City. What was it? They were down 11 or 11 plus points on like Christmas that one, that one year, and they yeah. went on like a 16-game unbeaten streak. Yeah. I, I think it'd be poetic justice if they're able to do it. I, I still don't think they can, but I would like to see it. City only have to play United, Wolves, and Liverpool basically for the end of the season for the most part. Cool. Let's feel some upsets then. Look, if there's something that's been proven throughout history, Guardiola loves to overthink the that's biggest true. things at the biggest moments. That's true. So you have to wonder, is this shit creeping into his head a little bit now? So Yep. All the talk. Damn. If Chelsea beat Man City, man, that would oh, be – Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. That would be a great race. There. Hey, three, Wolves are a tricky opponent, man. They usually – they sometimes get the better of City. Wolves are a great opponent. Yeah, they're never – they're, they're not an easy out. The, um, the rest of the top four did win, though. Liverpool, uh, three went over Norwich. Chelsea won nothing. Winners over Crystal Palace, although not looking great. And then Man U, although fumbled the 2-0 lead, did take it home against Leeds for 4-2. Um, a Fred – I got we gotta point this one out because we did we did make fun of him quite quite often on this podcast. <laughs> um I don't know if he had his goal tie for the year already or not, but he does have more league goals than someone very well known. His name is well, let's say I shouldn't say his name. His he's not in the Premier League. So take a guess at who he has more league goals than in a, in another league. Lionel Messi. Lionel, yeah. All right, fuck you guys. Lionel Messi. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, he must there. his contract must be like, all right, after this third goal. It's a million bucks per goal. Like it has to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're probably sitting in the boardroom going, this fuck guy's ever going to do go, it. Don't worry about fuck. it. God damn it. <laughs> Jaden Sancho resurgence too. Speaking of United, I mean, he's looked, he's looked much better recently. Um, he's much better. living up to that price tag a little bit better than the beginning of the year. Without, yeah, without definitely. I, I, he's been a lot trickier on the wings. He's been a lot more influential going forward and setting up chances. So it's good to see him returning back to form. I will say too, although he didn't get the goal, he I think he got the assist, but the Bruno Fernandez fourth goal, like the, with the man you scored, to flick the ball around the way he did a grown yeah. man and then body him off and then meg the other guy. I was like, all right, this yep. you gotta retire at the Bruno plays so big. They were rolling other times <laughs> flop so hard too. It's so annoying. But yes, he's very, very good. They love to play leads. Yeah, they, they do. do, dude. Honestly, whatever. Anytime they go, just bet bet the the max over you possibly can for that game. If, like, if yeah, you yeah. take it at three and a half, that's fine. But like, go to four and a half, go to five and a half, and just be like, why not? It's gonna have twelve total goals between two games of of them this season. Yeah, that's nuts, man. And not, not even like one game was like eight and one was four. It was they were pretty equal, like both of them. It was like seven and five or whatever. They're uh-huh. six and six even. No, the first game United routed them. It was like five to one. But I'm just saying six six goals in each one. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like lopsided, but it's just. Yeah, yeah, good times. Um, we do have a little bit of competition though in the middle of the European uh competi- competitions. Wolves, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham. All it's just a gauntlet in there. I don't know who, who who's gonna come out on top at this point. The only bad news is for West Ham, although they lead right now on goal differential and tie with points on Arsenal, they mm-hmm. do have the most games played. They have 26, while the other two, the other three teams, Arsenal have 23, Tottenham have 23, and Wolves only have 24. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They're all within three points, and they have plenty of games more to play. They do all pretty much play each other, though. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not guaranteed. Like West Ham aren't in as bad a shape as whereas if they were playing bottom half teams and they could guarantee those points, they do have to go through each other kind of. So they're going to beat each other up a little bit. Um, you guys have any Arsenal. idea? Arsenal? I, I, I stay with them. I stick in with them. Creeping to the top four or? Uh, yeah, I think they creep to the top four. Bold statement. I, I think Man United are going to slip up. I think they're going to falter. Because they'll forget they're in the same position as West Ham. They're at 46 points and they have three more games played than Arsenal four points behind them. I think they I think if you're gonna pick one team to pip that fourth spot, definitely the fifth spot for sure, in my opinion. But if the one team to pip that fourth, I think it's Arsenal. And behind them, I would pick Wolves. Outside of that, I don't think anyone else has a chance to make that fourth spot. I mean, I was I was even just talking for European chances in general. I was gonna see who misses out and comes in eighth, but okay, I like. That is a bold uh, – I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> Mike, any take? Unbiased take? No. It's, it's <laughs> total, to, totally biased. Um, <laughs> uh, I do think Spurs are able to get a European spot. Will, will it be the inaugural shit league again? I don't know. Conference league or whatever the hell they were calling it. Um, I mean, you guys got to get some redemption. You got knocked out early. I know they got kicked out early. We took, we took a stand against COVID and they did not like that. So <laughs> they're like, nah, <laughs> um, I, I know man, you is sitting in fourth right now at 46 points, uh, but they do have 26 game played. I don't see how they're able to hold that the way. I, honestly, I think it shakes out. And this is going to pain me to say is I do think Arsenal get that fourth spot. I think, Tottenham will finish in fifth and they will have a St. Totteringham day again. It'll happen finally after years. Um, and then the way I see it finishing is then Man U, Wolves, West Ham. I agree with the West Ham at the bottom without a doubt. Da- <laughs> yeah. I do think they dropped to eighth, actually, which is going to be a letdown season for them. Um, mm-hmm. They're very inconsistent right now. And it just sucks to see because they, they, yeah. they've been so close for, what, two years in a row now, I think? Yeah, they've been very close, but I, I don't think they have it in the tank to get there. Yeah, I think we'll finish above Spurs. Yeah, it it honestly just feels like a really big toss up right now. Um, the only the only way I see Arsenal not grabbing that top four spot, like you guys are saying, is just the number nine issues. Um, they're gonna rely heavily on their midfield with Smith Rowe, Saka, and a lot of those guys to kind of produce the goals. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, ironically, did you see um? Aubameyang's game over over for Barcelona? He's been tearing it up for Barcelona. God, how pissed must they be? <laughs> he became the first player to score in League One, Bundesliga, La Liga, Premier League, and there's one more. That's has he incredible. been Italy? I don't think he's been to Italy. No, he hasn't been to Italy. It was somewhere else. But like, still, that's four of the top five leagues. Hat tricks, I mean, nonetheless. Hat tricks, not just goals. oh, hat tricks. About to say, Ibra's had to have done that by now, no? <laughs> yeah, probably. He's been close. I mean, he's got everything. He's got MLS, he's got Prem, he's got League, yeah. uh, Lagoon. That also, I'm just happy. Also I, a hired assassin. <laughs> I'm happy you just included the MLS and all those leagues, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to name as many as possible. It's not, it's not from the tier. <laughs> not in that order. No, definitely not in that order. It'll be, it, it'll be interesting to watch. That. It's an absolute gauntlet. Um, I, it's Especially playing each other. Wolves, we'll kind of get to them. They have another tough stretch. Or they're finishing up their tough stretch right now. Um, they do play Arsenal this coming week on a Thursday, and then also Wolves West on or West Ham on Sunday. Yep. 
So yep, that'll set the tone. It's, I mean, this, we'll, we'll, I think we're going to see a lot more, I don't want to say a lot more clarity just yet, but it's going to have a lot, a lot more of a uh, defined look at it yeah. uh, going forward. Um, the Arsenal Wolves match, Arsenal won one nothing back on the 10th, February 10th. Um, they sit in sixth, as we've mentioned, 23 games played, 42 points, four. Um, Wolves seventh, 24 games played, so one uh, Arsenal game in hand and 40 points, four. Um, really cool stat, though. Over the last five matches, it's been very competitive between them. It's been two wins for each and a draw. Doesn't get any tighter than that. Any um, Do we get a Wolves revenge game over at the Emirates, or does Arsenal find a way to get some more points? I think Wolves, gonna end. Sorry, there's a there's a reason their defense is has kept, is honestly been been well and it, it comes down to Bruno Large in general and the way he's been putting the tactics in. I think this game has a draw written all over it. To be honest, um, whether it's one one or like two two, I, I I think it'd be either very open or it's going to be a super cagey game. So one of the two, but. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mike on this one. Outside of City, Wolves have let in the least amount of goals this entire season, like any of the teams. Conversely, they've also scored the least amount of goals. You have to go down to, like, literally last place, second to last place. Only Burnley and Norwich have scored less goals than the 23 Wolves have scored so far. That's crazy. So there's not a they – don't, they don't let in a lot. They don't score a lot. It's going to be a tight affair. I, I see this low-scoring affair, maybe 1-1. Pip a draw for both sides. I think each side at that point, this point in time, would be happy with that too. I don't think either of them are going to go out searching for it if, if it gets late into the game at that stage. So I, I would bet with Mike on this one. I wonder how much money I would have made if I just blindly bet the under in every Wolves game this season. Huh. Who'd hammered everyone? Everyone. Right, I feel like I would have lost like maybe two or three times at most, and then I'd be I'd be just swimming in and swimming in money right now at this point. Yeah. Their average goals for and goals against are both under one per game. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen that with any team. I might have to start that right now. I have 15 <laughs> games left in the season. Well, now that you're starting it, it's they're just gonna start blowing up. Yeah. Large is like, all right, guys, time to score some goals now. Yeah. Uh that's a tough, it's tough getting to choose, though, like you guys said. Definitely low scoring. Um, yep. I guess biasly, I just want to see a Wolves win, just kind of, kind of, you know. Shake it up. Have a little fun with the table. Mm-hmm. Um, big clash towards the bottom. The, towards the bottom. Brentford hosting Newcastle. Newcastle, 11 points over the last six matches. Brentford, one point in, over their last seven. Newcastle sitting 17th with 24 games played, 22 points. And Brentford sitting 14th, 26 games played. So Newcastle have two in hand and only 24 points. All three for Newcastle. They're on a roll. I can't see them slowing down. Yep. You have the quality there to smoke this, this Brentford team who's just completely out of form. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, too much quality. As much as I'd love to see Erickson make a comeback with that team and just keep them up, um, I, I think Newcastle is just yeah. going to roll them over. With that being said, though, teams that are on a roll have to end eventually. Do you think that maybe this is – I mean, they, they've strung a lot of good performances together. I mean, they're due for a slip-up here and there. Do you think this could be it? No. <laughs> There's no. not one Brentford home stand. We, we, they just pull one out of the hat here? No. <laughs> <laughs> just no explanation. Just Thank you for that valuable insight. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. No. <laughs> I don't want to say it's going to be a high-scoring affair, 
because I don't think most of these teams really necessarily score a crap ton of goals. But Brentford loves to get forward. The new look Newcastle, I feel like, enjoys attacking a lot more. Um, I wouldn't be shocked by like a 2-2 draw or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked either. But I don't think they'll have I don't think Brentford will have enough in the tank to gas all three points out of this. What um speak I just kind of going off Brentford. What are your takes on Tony? He had such a, an incredible championship campaign. And I feel like if we were riding high on any of the guys coming into this season to help their teams like stay up, he was pretty much I guess I want to say like guess the guy like of like those bottom teams. In 21 uh games, he only has six goals. Do you think yeah. it's the quality, like his problem, like finishing, or just not necessarily I, enough? I think it's not his problem in finishing, and obviously confidence plays a part as it, as it normally would. But I think the supporting cast around him is not good enough and up to par. And he's a player that needs to have quality driven in and in the Premier League versus the Championship. That level of difference of being able to whip a ball in and get that touch and be turn on the half right that extra split second it's not there so he needs to have players that put him in a better position erickson potentially being one of them would be great and i would love to see how that works out but as of right now i think that's the biggest issue for him is that he hasn't had that up until this point yeah i, I would i would agree to that i mean anyone can score you know, 20 goals a season when their team possesses 70% of the ball, like a team like city or a team like Chelsea, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's that type of, it's that type of league. I mean, the, the quality is so strong. I mean, we look at it, look at it this way. I mean, even a Chelsea team that is faltering slightly, is just ripping people apart in the champions league against all of these other European clubs. They haven't conceded to go at home yet in the champions league. And then when you look at the league, they don't even come close to qualifying for the title. I mean, it's just so unbelievably strong that it, a team like Brentford coming up this year without an academy, nonetheless, is, I mean, they're just never going to have a guy score 15 plus goals in the year. It's, it's just not in the, on the cards, not yet. I think if he was at a, a beer club, yeah, that yeah. six is probably closer to like 10 or 11 and you're not having this conversation, but I, I think it's a decent return for given the amount of service he gets game in game out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have his championship numbers in front of me, but they were ridiculous. Oh, they're absurd. It was, it was what, 20 points? I don't know if he hit 30 goals or whatever it was, but he had, I think he had like something like 40 created over the whole campaign. It was a lot. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot. It was quite a bit. So, I mean, just, um, I, think it's the, I, I think it's the jump up in quality. And I think the, the jump up of the teams they're playing against defensively and then the players he's playing with just probably are not good enough, frankly. Yeah. So. And I mean, he still has double the amount of goals out of anyone else in that team, nonetheless. I get, yeah, I mean, I guess that's something. Um, the last <laughs> time these two teams did play in the reverse fixture, uh, he did score, I think, the opening goal or the, at least the opening goal for Brentford. And um, the game ended 3 3. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think we're in for, in for some uh, fireworks. Yeah. Um, I, I it could think also be a get right game for him as well. Moving on, uh, Crystal Palace versus Burnley, another pretty good matchup. We just kind of spoke about Burnley's chances for survival, if they have any. Um, Palace have been slipping right now, right? They have, they're sitting in 13th when they were much higher up on the table before. Uh, 25 games played, 26 points. Burnley in 19th, 22 games played, 17 points. Um, Burnley actually has six points over the last five matches, while Crystal Palace only has three. Kind of sets the tone right there for you. Obviously, Crystal Palace have been one of our sleeper teams throughout the year. We love them. They're very young but they will go through some growing pains and an experienced Burnley team fighting relegation battle kind of feels, even though they're away from home, it kind of feels they might have an edge in this one. 
I see your point, but I'm reaching. Am I reaching too hard? Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, I think I tried selling it. I think it's going to end in a draw, just as all Crystal Palace games and Burnley games do, apparently. So no. that's where that's where my money would be. And I'll, to be frank, um, Palace, although they look very good in transition and very dynamic on the attack, when you're playing a team like Burnley that just loves to sit in that low block and not move and just be total, you know, just for lack of better terms, asses about it. You know, like it's, I don't know if they're going to have the quality to break that down. Um, and I think Burnley probably will probably will score first and then Palace will get some type of lady, lady equalizer past like the 75th minute, something along those lines where they just, some ball just dribbles in. So that's the some way ugly, I would, some, just some ugly goal, some ugly like, shit. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I think Palace is going to come out with a bit of energy, especially given how that last match against Chelsea went, when they probably should have maybe nabbed a point off of it too, because I mean, regardless of where they're sitting in 13th in the table right now, 26 points in total is only eight higher than the relegation zone. So it's it's not like they're necessarily 100% safe. And yeah. I, I imagine Vieira is going to fire fire them up and come out. They, you're right. They all have they have been a sleeper team. Like they're they're playing so well and they're not getting the points where I think they deserve them. So I don't think Burnley will have enough to go out and really pick up all three here. I actually think Palace will end up winning. I think Zaha is going to take it into his own hands. I don't think you're going to fucking catch that dude. I don't think he's going to be able to dribble through five people just standing there. Burnley will, <laughs> Burnley will just foul him regardless. <laughs> yeah. like, they will not let him through. <laughs> They're just going to stand and be like, no, no, Zaha. Um, I'm going to go against you guys. I, I really think Burnley – I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they're going to shrink something together here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go take a Burnley. Okay. Um, last last kind of featured game I want to cover over the weekend, Sunday match, West Ham versus Wolves, another big one for the middle uh, European uh, qualification. Mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned before, Wolves sitting in seventh, 24 games played to 40 points. Um, West Ham fifth, 26 games played, so Wolves have two games in hand and only down two points. So by the time they play, actually, I don't know if West Ham has a midweek game or not. I, I'm assuming they don't because they seem up to date with their matches. I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah, so Wolves actually could already be above them by the time this game plays, theoretically, if they beat Arsenal. So, yeah. Um, West Ham. Sorry. West Ham only have five points over the last five matches. Wolves have 15 over their last six. Hmm. I didn't say West Ham was going down to eighth for nothing. I think this is a game Wolves snag points, whether it's one, whether it's three. Um, I think they'll probably be just a little bit too much for them to, to break down and I believe Wolves will probably come out of this game with a win. I think, like I said, they came out of the Arsenal game with a draw. This is where they get that win and make up the ground. Yeah, I think I actually think this is going to be a close game. I think Wolves are going to smoke them. Entirely really? honest, I, I really do. I West Ham, even when they score early, they can't hold the lead. They they just can't. They hold the lead. They're they're letting in goals. I mean, the fact they're even picking up points is because they're having to score a ninety, uh, you know, late equalizer. Like a very, very late equalizer after like going behind after they've gone up front or the exact opposite where they, they have a lead and they, they have a lead and they concede late. It's just, they, they can't do anything to catch all three at this moment. And on a Wolves team who doesn't let in goals, I don't yeah. know West Ham are going to even be able to put one past them. Yeah. Huh, okay. Do you, do you see being a little bit more of an open? So West Ham obviously love to play a much more open style. Wolves clearly does not. They love like the one nothing games as we've already mentioned. Do you see there being a little bit more goals, though, because it will be a little bit more open and Wolves might have to come out of their shell a little bit? I can't see Moyes 
being pragmatic enough to sit back and absorb some of the pressure of a good Wolves offense. I think he's going to want to come out and play the West Ham style of play. I mean, I would too if I were him, but I think that's what's going to ultimately end up hurting them in that match. Um, I don't know if you might think anything differently, but. Exactly my thought, honestly. I feel like it suits Wolves so well to yeah. play against them because they're just going to sit back and counter like they have, and they're probably going to catch them for two, yep. honestly, on a counter. So, and the most, I think for me, one of the most dangerous pieces about this Wolves team, regardless of the fact they're not like scoring a ton of goals, the, it, the reason I'm so confident with them is if you sit back and try to defend against this Wolves team, they'll score goals from outside the 18. They yeah, like Ruben, to shoot from out there. Rip. They love to shoot it. Ruben Neves can absolutely hit him. He, we see him snatching three points. Routine, can also. Routine, can catch them. They, you, you don't, you can't just sit back. So I think Moyes is going to recognize the fact that even if you wanted to play a low block and kind of contain the danger is still out in front of them. So at that point, you might as well try to play and beat them at their own game. I just don't think it's going to work for them. Interesting. Uh, any thoughts on Mikel Antonio? His gold sides are a little down so far this year. He's only got eight and 25, but does have six assists as well. So you have 14 goals created in 25 games. Um, do you think the West do you think West Ham kind of relied on him too heavily, I guess, last year, and that he was kind of the reason they really were in that top four race? Yeah, it's a safe assumption. I think they were in the top four race because of him and Lingard, and I think they're missing that dynamicism through the middle again. Um, I think there's that aspect, and, you know, like like we've said in the past, just the depth, the quality of the depth is not there. Jared Bowen's really good, but he's obviously getting a little bit tired with the legs. Um, who could they bring in to replace him and help cover, right? I think that's honestly their biggest issue, in my opinion. Yeah, he's actually had more goals and assists than uh, Mikel Antonio does. He has He's tied yeah. with him in first for goals with eight, and then he actually has eight assists as well. So he's, I, ahead I, of him there. He's, he's been phenomenal for them, honestly, this beer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we said it a, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I said Mikel Antonio scored almost every single one of his goals in that first month where he won player of the month. After that, he's made a couple assists, really only scored, what, two goals, maybe three in the next, like, 20 matches or so. He's, I mean, he's, he's honestly more than capable going on one of those runs. Yeah, he's been lackluster. He needs to, he needs to start scoring for that team to go forward. I mean, you, a team can't finish in that top four with only one guy scoring goals. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen. You need at least two to three putting up eight a pop. Yeah, I I mean, Kane and Son will combine for what 10, 10 to 10 to 15 minimum but uh, for each of them during the season obviously Chelsea don't score like that <laughs> City do Liverpool do uh, United will once Ronaldo hits back form I guess but or someone else hits form I don't know but yeah he needs to pull it together if they want a chance okay I was curious on your guys thoughts I know he, he was uh he was like their sta- like very much standout guy last year we haven't really he's been quiet do you think um, he's and- do you think he can, he can, he's going to go on to some other club this year, after this year, or no? What's he, 31, 32? He's getting up there. Is his contract coming up? I don't know. Look I, I don't know. I'm just thinking if you're going to cash in on him, that, that, that squad needs a revamp, right? I think we, all, we all, yeah, can all agree on that. Do you think I mean, one defensively, of the maybe, but integral? like. I think you keep him for another year at a, at a bare minimum. Um, I think he's too valuable from a – leadership perspective to let go to be honest but they definitely need i feel like they they need to kind of sure up like the defense a little bit or do so i 
to be honest. He turns 32 next month, a month from now. He's under contract till 2024. So you you hold on to him this year, the end of 2023 at 30, 33 years old. At the end of next season, one year left on his contract, you're going to get nothing for him for the most part. He's, his, uh, his production numbers aren't, I don't think, high enough to justify a new contract at this stage in his career. No, they won't give him a new contract. That's a good question, though. I would, I would personally look to move him on, bring in a young replacement. You really think they need a whole revamp, though, in the squad? I feel like defensively they could use it, but I feel like their midfield is relatively pretty good. They, they tried beefing it up a little bit, maybe not enough, but I, I feel like they're only like a few pieces away. I don't know if a total revamp would be necessary. Yeah, you're right. I, I misspoke. Not, not a whole revamp, but I think they can use one guy in each, each level of the team. I think they need a new forward, a, a new score, goal scorer. They need a new defender, and I think they need someone in the midfield for, for depth because Declan Rice is going to stay around without any European football. That's also true too, yeah. Well, maybe they're just waiting to cash in on Declan Rice and then spend the money. So. Yeah. They worked better than bail, Tottenham, it? did it after bail. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, so sorry. So sorry. Completely was not planned on that one. That was good. People forget. Uh, they won the Audi Cup. Don't forget. <laughs> Second place, James Lee. That's probably a pretty good banner too. You only won it because of all the zeros. On the trophy. <laughs> Any other uh, final thoughts, boys, for the weekend? Yeah. Uh, cup final this weekend. Chelsea, Liverpool. Ooh, good point. The Carabao Cup. Any predictions for that one? Liverpool are going to smoke them. Probably. <laughs> going to smoke Chelsea. Doesn't look, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Michael, anything else? Nothing. Nada. Nada? Quiet today, man. I'm tired. Had a long week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Streamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, and subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show, world football, United States men's national team, and Premier League. I'm your host, Steve, with Mike and Vito signing off.